0: My love, I am so happy and so pleased to announce that this episode is brought to you by my very own company, Savage Chocolates, which is all about cultivating a more loving relationship to your body and to food. You know, we don't really believe in guilty pleasure. We just believe in pleasure done well. Right? Have you ever had that uh, candy bar or a thing of ice cream and you eat it and you're like, wait, I don't, I don't remember eating that. (laughs) Wait, where'd that go? (laughs) Well, that's why I created Savage Chocolates, because I know the importance of pleasure. And I think that we don't slow down enough to actually experience it. And so if you are wanting to eat mindfully, if you are wanting to be reminded of how to actually experience your pleasure, then please go to www.savagelosangeles.com to order your Goods. All right, you guys, let's get to it. Erica Mather, thank you so much for being on Savage Lifecast. My God.
1: <laughs> thank you for having me on Savage Lifecast. I want to be savage. Let's be savage
0: together. What does let's that mean? be savage. You know what? I think it's already, it's already a thing that we're savage together. I think it's already a thing because, well, A, because I adore you and B, because you're a legendary teacher and C, because I feel like actually you and I share a lot of similar values in what we kind of preach as teachers. And so I would love for you to tell our listeners a bit about who you are, what you do. And, you know, I firmly believe that we turn our mess into our message And so I'd love to learn a little bit about your mess and how you made that your message. (laughs) Uh,
1: Well, I am a mess in process. Um, uh, Okay. Yeah. I think our our vibe too. Also, I I think we sort of vibe around being Scorpios and Scorpios, I think have a particular sort of uh, life, like soul. mm, soul contract that we came in with but more on that later okay so (laughs) i teach in new york city and i'm a yoga teacher but um more i like to think of myself as as a facilitator who helps people feel better in and about their bodies and the means through which i do that is 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 yoga yeah and um and my uh my whole life process has been in yoga, specifically, has been about making friends with my body, which is you know, the title of the book "Your Body, Your Best Friend," and which I am.
0: It's different. So excited
1: about. Just yeah, saying. I, thank you. I, I'm glad. Um, I'm, I'm really pleased with the title. I think it actually encapsulates my message, yes, quite well. Which is better than make peace with your body. It's you know It's just like oh, let's be friendly. Yeah. Uh, you know, and what are the energies of friendship? I think peace is a much more difficult concept for people actually than friendship because um, friendship is everywhere around us, right? Hopefully. So you could take yeah. your relationships that you have already and be like, oh, what feels good? What could I, you know, do with my body? So, anyway, um, my mess it was basically the physical mess that brought me to yoga was having migraine headaches. Hmm. And, um, I still have migraine headaches, but I've had a long, long relationship with, um, thinking about and feeling about where they came from. And so my, this, this process of making friends with the body comes really from a two pronged sort of scenario. One is that legitimately having a chronic illness Yeah, and then also just having a um, real—can we swear on this podcast? Fuck yeah, you can. Okay, we have a real (laughs) fucked up relationship with my body and my body image, and so this relationship, this path of making friends, has come through being ill, but being ill physically, but also being ill mentally, Mm. like clinically mentally ill but i think human beings are kind of like crazy creatures anyway so we all are a little crazy um so um so the the mess to message has been a long process i've been practicing yoga for 18 years i've been teaching for uh, since 2006 so that's 14 years and um and you know i think it really takes a long time for a message to evolve at least for me maybe for younger people it's faster but I'm a, I'm a Gen Xer and, you know, <laughs> we're a little slow to the, <laughs> slow to the everything. Um, so, uh, it's taken a long time to evolve, but what it really has come down to is like, how can you, how can you befriend your body? Not just because it's like good for your health, but also because it's good for your spirit. Yes. So it's, it's a spiritual journey as well as a, as a material journey.
0: Yes. Um, so your body, your best friend is, I, I'm personally so jazzed because that's been my mess as well. It's just been cultivating that more loving relationship to my own body, you know, and we, and like, it's so wild because we all have these things and it's like, I, I really don't know one person. I really can't name one that hasn't struggled to love it. Like, this is such like the body itself. Like, I just don't know of anyone that's been like, oh, yeah, day one, I just thought this thing was the bee's knees. Like, mm-hmm. I got it together. And yet, we're all walking around with these amazing gifts and just like totally on the struggle bus. Um, I just want to read a, a little review about your book, which I'm super stoked to read. But um, this is by Keno McGregor, a ground groundbreaking integration of positive psychology and body awareness. Erica's book provides just the right mix of pointed cultural critique and heart-opening compassion. You will find the voice of a friend whose truth-telling is both provoking and healing. I recommend this book for everyone looking to truly love their body. Okay, that is so cool. You will find the voice of a friend whose truth-telling is both provoking and healing. I feel like that's how you teach as well. Like that's oh, how you, thank you in the yoga room. Like I feel like you are provocative in that sense where you're like very real and very authentic, but it comes from a place of like such sincere warmth. And so I'm really like just jazzed that people have access to this. Can you can you share with our listeners a bit about about the book itself, I know New York City, Los Angeles. It's so
1: loud. I just closed the window. It's a little
0: better. <laughs> oh, please, no big deal. And by the way, I have a five-month-old French bulldog who snores. So if you oh, hear snores, like so just cute. know that yeah, he's so damn tender. Yeah. I can't even handle it. But anyway, <laughs> noises, noises. Um, so can you just talk to us a little bit about the book, about your intention for the book, and just some, you know, some some truths, some truths from it.
1: Yeah, sure. So, um well, you know, the the friendly but provoking it was a real like t- like trying to strike the right tone because as you identified, everybody's relationship with their body is fraught and it's yeah. such a tender, vulnerable like um topic that I wanted every moment of like this might hurt. To, for you to read or for you to hear yeah. to, for it for it to be um, gentle at the same time because I wanted people to be compelled to continue to read even yeah. if it was hard and and I, I'm really hopeful that's what happens yeah. Um, yeah and you know my my intention for the book was to create to create a, an educational roadmap, right? So what I feel has happened in the body image space is that there's a lot of, um, like cheerleading, a lot of you go girl, high five, a lot of like memoir ish kind of stuff, but there's not actually a lot of education. Agreed. And, and my role in the world is, as an educator. And yeah. so what I wanted to create was a how to book. Yeah. And really what this is, is this is a how-to book. So yeah. you can read all of the all of the like inspirational memoirs you want and glean this and that from other people's journeys. I think that's very useful. But this is a step-by-step roadmap to would you like to solve this problem? Let me help you solve this problem. Uh, okay. And the reason that I thought about it was because it was my problem. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. and yeah it was my mess and and one day I realized like oh I feel I feel a lot better about this how did that happen yeah and then I looked back and I was like well you know I was in this soup of New York City where there was all these yoga classes with a lot of inspirational messages because you know a lot of times the way that people kind of teach yoga is like it's just sort of this like um you know, shotgun approach to uplifting messages and there's going to be like 20 of them and they're not really that related, but maybe you'll hear one that (laughs) that makes sense to you and you'll latch onto it. Yeah, Not the way I teach, but I mean, that was sort of the, sort of the world that we were living in when I moved to New York city in 2004, just to like sort of date it. So 2004, five, six, you know, and then onward, it was just kind of like, it was, it was, uh, it was, um, aspirational messages brought to you in a yoga class. Yep. Yeah. And and I was like, okay, so somehow, out of all of that random, <laughs> just very random, like uh, education through this language, I pieced together something that was sensical. Mm. And solved a problem. How did I do that? And well, I did that, I think, in part because my core skill is educating. Really, I'm a teacher. And so what I was doing was like in my mind, sequencing lessons and teaching them to myself without me really actually knowing it. Yes. And so the end product was like, I feel better. And when I looked back, I thought, well, what what needed to happen in what order for me to feel better? And what sorts of hard lessons did I have to learn in order for me to feel better? And so the book is those lessons in order, basically. And the lessons are um, about uh, really two things, well, three things. There's the topic of the chapter, and then there is how society kind of uh, creates and enforces the topic of the chapter or our uh, ideas about it. It's sort of our collective dream is like what um, what Don Miguel Ruiz calls it, the four agreements. It's like our collective dream. Mm-hmm. So how society makes this collective dream. And then the other piece is how we as human beings, which we are a species with yeah. very particular foibles that are easily documented, actually, and pretty predictable. Yeah. So so what is it to be human that is the foible of the species that actually sort of steers you in the direction of doing this thing that isn't great for you in the first place? Yeah. So you have society kind of like enforcing it and being human kind of like making you predisposed to it. And okay, well, let's not do that thing because it's not helpful for... To you really right so each chapter has um has a topic like this mindset is no good for you <laughs> let's yeah. do something else explains to you how and why it happens points out that it's not your fault i think it's really important especially for women that they know it's not their fault because we're trained from the get-go that everything's our fault um yeah. including being women it's your fault that you're so sexy Right. You know, exactly. I was like, that whoa, skirt. what? Yeah. Like, that skirt,
0: you, know? you got raped. Yeah, exactly. that skirt.
1: yeah. How dare you wear that skirt? I was like, I don't know. It was just above my knee. Like, that's too short. Like, I didn't have... how is that? They sold me the skirt. Yeah. Someone's... You know, it's like, yeah. so <laughs> I think it's really important that as women, we're encouraged to realize that, hey, it's not your fault that you were born as a woman. Right. Right. And that is, goes so far deep into our psychology. Like, oh, it's my fault that yeah. I am a woman. So, right. and it's like, no, this isn't your fault.
0: Right. Um, and it's it not your fault. That your body changes every month and yeah. every like week. And, you know, it's like <laughs> expecting it to just like be this thing that is like constant. And it's like, no, your body, like, especially as women, like our bodies are so freaking miraculous, what they create and shed and birth and move. I mean, it's like insane. Insane.
1: It's pretty, it's pretty magical. And so, you know, the, the, there are a number of threads. I'm glad you brought that up up, because there are a number of threads through the book, but my intent was to, to create this step-by-step guide To point out also that it's not your fault Hmm. to give you tools to help you disentangle yourself from, you know, what it is to be human and what it is to be human in a modern society, but also to take people on a journey from their bodies being, um, just an object in the physical world to a magical object in the physical world. Yes. And so the, the real point at the end of the book is that if you'd like to have a spiritual life, maybe you do, maybe you don't, but if you'd like to have a spiritual life, you're going to have to take your body along on that journey. Yes. And I think that that is a very different message from what we've been taught through many spiritual And well, religious traditions, mostly, most of them uh, teach us that the body is, um, is a, you know, ball and chain, that the body is dirty, that the body's desires are not to be trusted or, or, or followed. Yeah. And, and so to really pivot and be like, actually your body is benevolent. It's innocent. Um, it, it is your ally and it is a requirement on, on your spiritual journey, not like a sidecar, you know, it it actually is the main vehicle that is going to move you forward, not just something you got to drag around. Yeah. So, so there are many sort of threads through the book that I, I hope, you know, pop for, for people as they, as they read it. And, um there's also a lot of support uh some of the some of the like advanced readers notice like oh there's a lot of work there's a lot of like questions and meditations and there's a lot of support to actually teach you to do the things that i'm talking about yeah so so every chapter also has a practice that basically i consider like um, fundamental to this journey of making friends with your body like these things you, you just you got to do these practices you yes. can't bypass them like you like listening to your heart right like what is the process of listening to your heart and because your heart is part of your body like mm, that's a great way to get in touch with your body for example that's one of them right. so every chapter um has a little bit of like memoirish just like very brief story from my life to sort of orient you to the topic and you know hopefully also to make it clear that i i understand yeah that <laughs> right? you've been there yeah that i've been there that i'm i'm actually talking to you from experience not from like some sort of clinical perspective yeah so there's there's a little memoiry bit that hopefully you know hopefully makes you feel resonant i realize that you know body image is an intersectional issue and i am a white heterosexual cisgendered middle class you know woman yeah right and 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 so my perspective is very um centered in that but i do believe that um, that hopefully there's something that will resonate with everybody and hopefully that the practices themselves are ecumenical enough and like uh, crossing boundaries enough and intersectional yeah. enough that like you can meditate, you know, on how your heart feels, regardless of whether it's a man's heart or a trans man's heart or, you know, yeah. it, it, your heart, it's still, it's, going to have something to say to you and what it's going to say to you as, uh, as a, you know, whatever sexual orientation you have or however you identify your gender, right? No, whatever it's going to say to you is definitely going to be different than what mine has to say to me, but that the practices will get you in touch with your body on your terms, no matter what you identify or how you identify yourself.
0: That's so beautiful. And I find that, like, the practices that you're talking about, they do, you know, they do resonate universally, I think. And that's so important. And I, I want to stress, too, as someone who is like an anorexia survivor and all mm. the things, there's so much out there that can kind of be used as like self hatred porn you know like the books that are like no there's no work involved there's no like here are some actionable steps mm. it's just like you read it and you're like oh wow that person did that like i could i oh that's not that bad or like oh i could do worse or like i could do better or like whatever your version is but i find that it's so imperative that we actually give people tools just like in the yoga room we give people you know, oh no, we need you to externally rotate your thigh bone So your knee isn't Mm -hmm. and you're not, you know, messing up your patella. Like, you know, it's like we give people tools on the mat and Mm -hmm. then we think that we're just supposed to like have it all figured out off the mat. And Mm -hmm. the fact that you're giving people actionable steps is like so different in this body love world, because I find that it's really not about that. So that's huge. It's really not about what. It's not about like in most other books. It's not mm. about actionable steps. It's more about here's my story. And yeah, like even you know, I, I like I love Janine Roth, but like mm. she doesn't really give a ton of actionable steps either. Like you know, she, she doesn't. She really doesn't. No. She, she tells her story, and it's beautiful to hear. And it's like, and it is so intense that you're like, oh wow, like. <laughs> respect, but there aren't a lot of actionable tools. And I find she's like the Mecca, you know, of this whole work in my yeah. opinion. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, um, I mean, I loved her book when food is love. I think yeah. also like there's value, there's value in, um, in having someone articulate your experience in a way that is coherent and lets you know that you're not crazy.
0: Yes. Um,
1: Because I think so many of us just feel crazy, like, all the time. Yeah. And I really found in Janine's books, like, the way that she pulls apart um, food and love and sex, and it's, like, really like very therapeutic, but yes, there were (laughs) nothing actionable, uh, or very little actionable. Maybe things are actionable at her workshops. I don't know because, you know, um, when she wrote breaking free from binge eating, that was basically sourced from her, like, um, her group work. But But if you remember, she also was like, like, basically, started her group work with no experience. She just sort of was like, Well, I'm just gonna do this. I'm just like, Shut yeah. up and did it. I don't I'm just gonna do it. <laughs> um, so, apparently, it worked. Um, yeah, But exactly. I think that one of the things um, that uh, is really important in a world where everybody's an expert is yeah. that teaching actually is a skill. Like, yeah, teaching is its own skill. Education is its own skill. You also have to be skilled and expert in your subject matter, right? right? But but being an expert in your subject matter does not mean that you are um, a skillful teacher, right. and so that's why I wanted to point out. Like my fundamental skill is teaching. I've been teaching like forever. Um, in part because I was diagnosed with a learning disability when I was like seven, eight, oh, wow. which was, yeah, which was like, um, you know, earth shattering news to a seven, eight year old, but it yeah. made me start to think because I was told I was different, I was going to have to work twice as hard and blah, 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 all that stuff, you know, that it really made me start to think about how I was going to succeed at, at school And so I think because I was studying how I was doing it. So I was, I was like, uh, I was meta analyzing myself before I even knew that. Um, And and I think because I was doing that so young that it sort of made me think about how do people learn? And, and then that turned into, I taught sailing and windsurfing when I was 17 and then I taught piano lessons I taught people how to write music and and then here we are like doing this now. Wow. But um yeah, and and I think that you know whether people will or won't do the practices um is I guess you know that's up to them and I I would be some people really dive into that stuff and like really workshop the shit out of a book that has yeah. like stuff to be worked Yeah, I'm not that person. Actually, weirdly, I like read the stuff and then I'll like dog ear the I'll dog ear um the page if I think that it's something I want to come back to. Yeah, but I don't I don't like actually interrupting the flow of reading. Mm. So mm-hmm. so writing a book like this where there are there's question sets and you know qu- question sets. Very um, frequently, actually, but that was in part my editor really wanted me to translate as swiftly as possible the teachings into something that was educational. And yeah. and that was actually very um, helpful. Um, that was really helpful uh, guidance because I think that's probably yes, where this book is going to stand apart is through the, the self learning and the self teaching that the people who are reading it are going to be able to do. Mm-hmm. And of course I'm planning on, you know, putting together like a book group, you know, so online so that we could Whoa. do it together and I'll be teaching retreats and I'll probably put together like a once a month, like meetup in New York city for people who are reading the book and want to do it with people. Um, so, I would love to provide support. Um, and I also have programs that I take people through one on one and some other group programs that are like um, not part of the book, but uh, adjacent to the book. Um, cool. That, that teach some skill sets that I think are really important that the book doesn't necessarily dive into um, that deeply because we're going after like the big, the big bite. We're going after the big bite.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, which yeah. makes perfect sense too, because you can get more specific when you're actually like working one on one with people and offering specific tools based on what's in the room versus like a very broad spectrum. But it's so real. It's like, it's like they say in all the like AA rooms, like it works if you work it. And like, we all want to like get the result, but we don't necessarily want to do the work. And so that's so, it's like readers, like guys who are listening to this, when you pick up this book, which you absolutely should, um, like do the work, like, please do the work, please do the work. You know, it's like, it's so real. I mean, I've spent like, I don't even want to know how much I've spent in therapy, (laughs) you know, gathering Mm -hmm.
1: tools. And oh, here I've here done are, 20 years, honey. Yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. And here you are like years. offering tools that like you know are actually functional. So like guys do them.
1: Yeah, and 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 let me provide a little bit more like um guidance around that because I think it's Please. also important to know what kind of a learner you are. Yeah. So so some people are really great at self-guided study and actually they don't want anybody else around, right? It's just like, just, I just want to do it by myself, you know? And some people are really great with that. I think that that's a very small handful of people who are um, self- Uh, self-study kind of people. I think that like you and I, because we're yogis and yoga teachers, that the self-study and like doing the work is really built in. But but, I mean, also, I just want to point out like you and I, came at this weirdly with an advantage because you were a dancer and dancing is all about discipline. And I was a swimmer. I mean, when I tell people how many hours I spent in the pool, sometimes two a days before and after school. Yeah. And then I went home and I practiced the piano and then I did my homework. Right. So, so our upbringing was, was basically, um, had really strong guardrails that were created by the discipline of what we were doing, dance, sports. And not everybody arrives at this with a kind of a really firmly ingrained sense of what it means to do the work. See, you know what it means to do the work. I know what it means to do the work, but some uh, other people might have no clue what that means.
0: Right. So if
1: you're listening (laughs) and you're like, I feel like they're chastising me when they say, do the work. What does that mean? You know, we're not chastising you. <laughs> yeah. we, are, we are encouraging you.
0: Yes. It's, really it's another like, cheerleader moment. <laughs> yeah,
1: this is, this is cheerleading, like uh, savage cheerleaders. Yes. Mind you, we're Scorpios, <laughs> so we're a little edgy. We have some claws, a little bit a little dark. You know, a little bit dark. So the cheerleading might feel a little gritty, yes. right? But, but we're really there for you. It's full of love.
0: Uh,
1: 100% hundred percent. So I just want to say, like, it's then on you, the listener, if you're like, I don't know what it means to do the work. Well, let me provide you with some ideas. Okay. So there's, I like to do the work by myself. That's one way to do it. The other way is I like to do it with a buddy, like one other person. Mm, Yeah. Like, and so it might be that in order for you to actually do the work, what you do is you say to someone who, you know, like wants to do this work too be like i'm reading this book can we read it together and and hold one another accountable around doing the work because alexa and erica said i need to do the work and i don't know what that means so we're gonna find out right right So, so it could be that you like you decide you like another person like i have a client and she's recognized this about herself she's like i probably could do this by myself but i really like the social interaction i'm like that's great to know about yourself And chances are maybe less high that she'll do it by herself. But once the social interaction is involved, the accountability, the yummy zhuzhy feeling of like being together with another girl, right? You know, that then you do it. So it might be that you like to do it with one other person. It might be that that's a little too intense for you. I'm a Scorpio. I do really well one-on-one. I like the direct eye contact. I like focused interactions. I do not like distraction. Are you like this, fellow Scorpio sister?
0: I'm I'm laughing because I'm just like, (laughs) yep, same Zs. (laughs) Yep, Yep, yep. So
1: I actually don't like group dynamics. Same. For the most part, unless unless I'm in charge of them, <laughs> but I'm great
0: with
1: a I'm great with a group dynamic. As long as I'm in charge, now you can picture me in my you know cat suit with my bullwhip. Aha, uh-huh, you got it. Yeah, so, so, but some people don't. Uh, some people really like like the sort of diffuse nature of a, of a of a small group interaction. If this is you, then I would suggest like maybe looking for a book group. Or even starting a book group and and getting like five or six or seven people together to do the work. Yes. And then finally, I'll offer this if you just sort of like follow me somewhere or get on my mailing list. Like I promise, I'm gonna I'm gonna try. I'm really gonna try it to do something over the summer. Cool. Right? So like June, July, August, like let's read this together online. And and, and we'll get together like in a Facebook group. So it's like you can be anonymous together. Then there's that thing, which I think a lot of people like to do these days is they like to sort of lurk and spectate from the sidelines, but not really participate. So you might be that person. You might be like, I want to be of the group, but not in the group, you know? So, I just
0: love that you just said the word lurk. Like I just, I'm, I'm like chuckled. I love it. I'm so into it. You're right. There are lurkers. There are lurkers. So many
1: houses. lurkers, so many lurkers on Facebook, so many lurkers on Instagram, yes. just people watching, but not participating, not commenting, but learning by watching. And there's something that's relevant to that. Like you're not ready to jump into the fray. You'd yeah. like to be on the sidelines You're a little uncommitted, but you want to see what's going on. And that's fine. That is also a a very legitimate way to begin to decide if you'd like to learn. And so I would say just hop on my mailing list. It's at my website, which is www.ericamather.com. And hop on my mailing list and there will be something coming. I'll be rolling out something. So when you think about do the work, what the first thing you need to think about is how can I support myself to actually do this work? And then I just provided like four sort of ideas about how you might like to do the work. And you pick one that feels good for you so that you actually have accountability and support in doing it because um, doing the work, it requires some effort and a little bit of discipline, honestly. Yes. And, you know, there's that's no way around it.
0: No, that's the reality of it. I, I, was ju- I just posted something on Instagram today that was like, you're either uncomfortable because you are getting out of your comfort zone or you're uncomfortable because you're still in it. Mm, so like yeah. You're going to be uncomfortable either way.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: so like the level up is like probably the way to go yeah like the like the the leaving the comfort zone is is the way Um, but that's so beautiful to like that's such a beautifully compassionate stance to be like there's different ways to do this and and recognizing that and seeing the importance of that because it's so true like and we are all going to be uncomfortable. So we might as well, (laughs) might as well.
1: Yeah. And I mean, there's nothing about like making friends with your body that is comfortable because it deals with the most fundamental aspects of your nature that are kind of like unchangeable, you know, it's like when people attack other people based on like what they look like, it's just kind of like, come on, you know, like that person has really very little to do with what they look like. You know, so, so it's like being attacked on grounds that you cannot defend. It's not like, if it's like, you know, like, wow, you handled that situation improperly. Yeah. You could do something about that. But if it's like the way you walk or the way that you smell or the way that you talk or the way that your voice sounds or the way that your nose looks like, like these things are just like you know what? You came in with it. You didn't have a choice about it. And yeah. now here you are. And so it really deals with very, very fundamental aspects of existence and self-identity huh. that are, um, that are very tender and vulnerable and often unexamined. Yeah. And so it runs deep. And so it's going to be, it's going to be, um, it's going to be a little gnarly, but you know, yeah. Uh, we'll just we'll just create a, a a special group for Scorpios who want to be gnarly all the time, and, love and it'll be easy. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be easy,
0: Erica. I'm so excited for this book, and I'm so excited about you know, just the wisdom that you share with us about, about learning, about loving our body, about all of the goods, where can we all, I can't believe it's already been like 40 40 minutes. Sorry, that was my dog, Um, (laughs) knocking something over. Um, Where can we all find you? Like, where can we connect to you? And where can we buy this book?
1: You can buy the book on and Amazon.com, if you want to online, if you want to buy it online, at Barnes and Noble, Indiebound, also online. It should be available in Bar- all major, like North American booksellers, like Barnes and Noble. You should be able to get it there. Um, the book drops April first, so ah! so you can pre-order if you're like, oh my god, I need. And the pre-orders may come may come before April first. I'm not sure. I think they start shipping. like maybe two weeks out, but they will be in stores April first. So that's where you can do the book. Um, for me, if you want to like get to me, it's just Erica Mather, E-R-I-C-A-M-A-T-H-E-R, uh, Mather.com On Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, it's Erica underscore Mather or Erica dash Mather. So yeah. one or the other. And um, if you, I'm, I'm most active on Instagram, but you can find me on Facebook as well and Twitter kind of like the least active but um but trying to resurrect that a bit because people um have conversations there. Yes. And, and this is about conversations. So yes. um yes. so that is where you can find me and I really like I um I love the people who come to me to work on this. So if you're listening and and you're like, I want to work on this, like, I commend your bravery, I commend your, your, um, your courageousness, I commend your clear-sightedness, and, uh, I just, I adore the people who are like, I'm gonna solve this problem, like, it's now is the time, and I hope that the book is a good start for you in that, but if you want to come closer, um, I'm I'm weirdly like warm and fuzzy and kind of like no bullshit all at the same time. It's a very peculiar mix. So,
0: <laughs> so it's, it's come kiss closer, smack down the back of the head type of thing. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah I, I can be. It's like it's like a it's a, a smack, but with like you know
0: kisses.
1: Yes, they'll yeah. be like, oh, did that hurt? Oh, let me. do oh. this. Yeah. yeah. So,
0: Erica. Um, Thank so you good. so much
1: for having me on. I awesome. really appreciate it.
0: Girl, we got to do like seven more of these. You're awesome. Thank you.
1: I would love that. Awesome. Let me know when you want to come back.
0: <laughs> oh my God. Okay. It's all happening.
1: Thank all right. you. Thank you, Savage
0: Girl. Oh, you know it, mama. Mwah. All right. Mwah. All right, you guys, thank you so much for carving out the time to listen to this wisdom, to listen to uh, all this goodness. Um, Once again, gentle reminder to please check out SavageLosAngeles.com to learn more about my new company that I'm so proud of. I hope it inspires you to create and cultivate a life that you dig. Um, And also, if you are down and have, you know, oh, I don't know, 10 seconds, then please, please give this podcast a five-star review on iTunes. Super easy. Just give it five stars. Maybe say a few kind words. And if you dug it, please share it with your friends. I would be over the moon with gratitude. Um, All right. You guys are the bee's knees. Much love. Stay savage.